Well, hello, hello, hello. This is the Kim Constable podcast. Nobody cares, work harder, which is what I have been doing in the last two weeks, which is why you haven't heard from me in a couple of weeks. I'm so sorry. The team were like last week, uh, hello, Kim uh, podcast. And I was like, you know what? Really sorry. Executive decision ran out of time. So you guys definitely did care and I was definitely working hard, if not harder than ever before. But unfortunately, I was not working hard on bringing you a podcast. So I really do apologize for that. And I, you know, I honestly didn't think that you guys cared that much about the podcast, except that everyone was writing in the groups going, where's the podcast? You promised us a podcast. Where's our podcast on squatting? I was like, oh, whoops. Yep. Really sorry. So why was I so bloody busy last week? Well, as most of you will know who listened to this podcast, we just launched the most epic program ever with the most epic prize fund ever, which is Buns and Guns, baby. Oh, yes. It's quite funny, actually. Uh, there was a, a, a fitness model, don't know who she is, um, online who launched a program, I think. And uh, listen, it could have just been a coincidence or... Uh, she may have heard that we were launching something called Buns and Guns and she thought that might be really a really good name. And so she launched something. And so anyway, a couple of people sent it to me and said, oh my goodness, look, this girl's stolen your name and, and you know, you've got competition. And I was like, competition. <laughs> like, I really, things like that do not bother me in the slightest if someone has the same name as me. So I was like, let me tell you, baby. Our program is going to be so epic and nobody is going to be able to catch me. Uh, and you're like, wow, Kim, <laughs> you know, like, leave the ego at the door, uh, which actually I'm going to talk a bit about in this podcast. Um, but yeah, so what I'm going to tell you about Buns and Guns, oh my God, most epic program ever. We sold over 1,300, let me say it again, 1,300 programs in the first 20 four hours of releasing it. I knew it was going to be popular. That kind of surpassed my wildest expectations. I hoped that we would sell a thousand on the first day and we sold 1300 and we've sold 300 on day two. I think we're up to uh, actually nearly 1700 programs sold now. So yeah, this program seems to be really, really epic. Why does everybody love it so much? Well, I would love to say that it's because the Sculpted Vegan has such a good reputation and everybody's really excited about the information. But no, that's not true. Everybody loves Buns and Guns because it has a 41 $0.5,000 prize fund. Yep, you heard me correctly. $41,500 prize fund. We are offering for the person who makes the biggest transformation, $20,000 first prize, $10,000 second prize, $5,000 third prize, $3,000 fourth prize, $1,000 fifth prize, and we're offering $500 to whoever places uh, sixth to 10th. And this is the most money we have ever offered. So I think that's kind of why people are really excited about Buns and Guns. It's really nothing to do with the program and it's everything to do with the prize fund, but it is actually the most epic program ever, if I do say so myself, because we have three three separate workouts for this particular program. And we've basically taken all of the learning, all of the information over years and years and years of creating these competitions and shreds and programs. And, you know, the, the programs just keep getting better and better and better, but we never raise the price. So, you know, the price is still, you know, $97, even though now we offer a gym program with brand new instructional videos, a whole new gym program, a dumbbells and barbells home workout program, again, with brand new instructional videos, and also a resistance bands workout with only resistance bands. So even if you're at home and you have 
zero equipment. If you just pick up a set of looped resistance bands on Amazon, you too can do buns and guns and be in with the chance of winning the $20,000 prize, even if um, even if you don't have access to a gym. It also comes with meal plans. It comes with recipes, brand new recipes created by Chef Lee. It comes with 10 weeks, in fact, more than 10 weeks because the, private, the Facebook group's open for two weeks before the competition starts and two weeks after. So it's actually 12 weeks worth of coaching with my team of experienced coaches and everything else in between and all of this for only $97. So if you want to pick up a copy of Buns and Guns, if you haven't picked up a copy yet, you can go to our website, thesculptedvegan.com, and you can pick up a copy of Buns and Guns. Um, join the Facebook group. The competition starts May 24th. It is going to be absolutely amazing. If you're listening to this after May 24th, 2021, you're probably too late uh, to join the competition or to uh, yeah, join the competition this round, but you can still purchase the program, but you're definitely a little too late to join the competition. So yeah, so that's all about Buns and Guns. That's why I was really busy last week and that's why I didn't record a podcast, but I uh, am going to have a chat to you today about squatting, uh, of, of all things. And you know, you guys are actually, I think, quite excited about the squatting podcast because you kept asking me about it. So that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, specifically why I have gone back to free bar squatting and free bar deadlifting, which I swore that I would never do, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm prone to changing my mind. Anyone who knows me well will know that I'm prone to changing my mind. Um, and before we go on as well, I do want to announce that the winner of the April giveaway, the podcast giveaway, uh, which we're taking, she took a little while to decide which program she wanted, which is why we're only announcing it now. But the winner was actually June prior. So June, congratulations. You were the April winner, as you know, of, of the podcast giveaway competition. And the program that you chose was the Delectable Buns and Guns, of course. And I can't believe you chose that over the 18-month program, which is a $1,500 program. But you know what? It is a brilliant program. Um, and so, and you're definitely going to have a lot of fun using it. So congratulations, June. Thank you so much for your lovely review. And if you listening to this would like to be in with the chance of winning a Sculpted Vegan program, all you have to do is leave a review wherever you're listening to this. Take a screenshot of the review, send it to me on Instagram. I will tag it on Instagram or I will flag it. My team will then go through all the reviews. They will read them and whoever leaves the best and nicest review will get um, a copy of any program of their choice, including the Sculpt and Shred program, which is currently closed. So it's the only way you can actually get hold of the Sculpt and Shred. Um, so make sure you do that and leave me, uh, send it to me on Instagram at the Sculpted Vegan. And you can be with a chance of winning one of our epic programs. Okay, let's get started. So um, this is like the squatting podcast, but it's kind of really, I've written down here in my notes that it's kind of the evolution of training. That's what I'm going to call it, the evolution of training. And, you know, I recently I realized that you can't really have any absolutes in life. So you can't really say, with any certainty, I will never do this thing again. Because quite often, life changes. And things that we said we will never ever do again, we end up doing again. Even though we think that we won't, we think that we we end up doing it. And so what I have realized is that it's better to say in life, at the minute, I don't think I ever will again. Because I am definitely prone to changing my mind and I'm prone to changing course and direction in my life, which is actually what I've done with my training at the minute. So let me um, explain what has happened. Well, let me go back actually to the, the first time I, I ever started squatting because 
Squatting is obviously one of the key exercises in bodybuilding. Everybody squats, but there are many, many, many different types of squats. But I think a lot of people think that the only squat that you can do is like a free bar squat, but it really isn't true. There's loads and loads and loads of different types of squats. And whenever I first started squatting, I, or whenever I first started training, I got myself a trainer um, who was actually, who is actually the ex-husband of our new head trainer in Team Sculpted Vegan, who is the delectable Laura Hutchinson. She has now officially come aboard full-time in the position of head trainer in the Sculpted Vegan. And whenever I first started training, my first ever prep coach and trainer was her husband at the time. They're now divorced, um, but still good friends. And so his name is Curtis. You've heard me talk a lot about him. And so I went to squat with Curtis and I was a yoga teacher at the time. So, you know, squatting, um, yogic squat is a very, or yogi squat is a very, um, uh, malasana it's called, is a very, common exercise in yoga. So whenever he said to me, okay, we're going to get, you know, we're going to squat. And, and he says, just, you know, squat with the bar there. It was a 20 kilo bar. I really was not expecting it to be so heavy. I have to be honest, whenever I put it on my back, but he said to me, squat there and, you know, and see what you can do. And so I was really determined to impress Curtis with my with my squat because I at the time was so flexible. I mean, I can still do this obviously, but you know, I could obviously squat right down and put my bum on my heels. And that's what you had to do in yoga. So if someone said squat and then come back up, I thought that you had to go down as far as you could possibly go and then go all the way back up again. So of course that's what I did. Put the bar on my back and I squatted right down and up and down and up and down and up. And Curtis said to me, wow, you can, you know, go really deep. And I think he just wanted to assess, you know, how deep, you know, I could go or what my squat was like. And I said, yeah, yeah. So then he put, you know, I think just two fives on the bar. So I made the, that made the weight 30 kilos. The bar is 20 and Olympic bar is 20 kilos. And he put another five on each side, which made it 30 kilos. And he said, you know, go again. And I squatted and I went all the way down up. I was like, well, that, was, that was a wee bit hard that time, you know, because obviously going down very low, as low as I was going and then all the way back up again, I wasn't really thinking of activating my I wasn't thinking of activating anything, actually. I was just thinking, you know, in yoga, what you do is yoga is all about flexibility. So whenever you squat, you go right down, put your heel, your butt on your heels, you know, and then come all the way back up again. So I wasn't thinking of activating any muscles, wasn't thinking of activating my glutes or my quads or anything. I was just squatting. So after we'd finished that, then he put 40 kilos on the bar. And then I think he put 50 kilos on the bar. And I really started to struggle, as you can imagine. I was like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Because, you know, you basically now I was doing a yoga move with a 50 kilo bar on my back, which really is not recommended in yoga. And, um, and I couldn't understand why it was so painful. Like it really was sore to squat. And I remember afterwards saying to him, oh my God, my back is really, really sore. And he said, do you have a problem with your back? And I said, well, you know, I, yeah, I definitely would have lower back pain. Um, I, I've always found back bends very difficult. My back is just not meant to bend backwards. That's just the bottom line. It's really not, my body is not designed for deep back bends. And so I've always had kind of a lower back issue and I couldn't understand why my back was so bloody sore. And so then the next day when I woke up, well, obviously we went on to do more exercise. I think we did leg press. It was totally okay in the leg press. Uh, I did, did always have strong quads. So okay in the leg press, whatever else we did, I can't remember. And I woke up the next morning and my back was killing me. Like it hurt like a bitch. It really did. And I was like, oh my God, that my back is so, so sore. And I said to Curse, I don't think I can squat again. That's awful. You know, my back is so sore. And he said, oh, it'll be fine. It'll just be, you know, training or whatever. It'll just be your muscles. Don't worry about it. But consistently, every single time we squatted, my back was really, really sore. Now, here's the thing. So a couple of things before I go on 
here because a lot of you listen to the podcast about squatting where I talk about how to suck a smoothie through a straw using your vagina not literally but figuratively Uh, like imagine that you're sucking a smoothie through a straw using your vagina which is how you turn on your transverse abdominis now I am a really 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 good teacher I'm I'm just gonna say it out loud okay that's not big-headed I just know that I have the ability to take very complex information to break it down into a very small component and then to teach it to someone in a very easy to understand way. So Curtis was not like this, (laughs) but I didn't even realize that not all PTs are like this. So I just assumed if I was doing it wrong, he would tell me, or if there was a better way to do it, he would tell me. So because he was just getting me to squat, I and he wasn't really teaching me the finer details of how to make it better because he didn't actually know the finer details because a lot of people can perform something or do something, but they can't teach it. So the ability to be able to do something very well and then teach it to others is on another level than just being able to do it very well yourself. So, and I'm very digital, right? I'm very, very digital with my information. I retain information really well. I can break it down really well and I can, you know, deliver it and teach it really well. So Curtis didn't actually know how to teach me how to do it any better. And so anyway, I kept squatting and kept squatting. And because it was, you know, caused me so much pain and because, you know, there was, I was watching people in the gym just, you know, throw on, you know, I remember seeing, like, I remember going to the gym with Ryan once, right? And watching him put two twenties on either side of the bar. Uh, this is when I first started training. So he now had 60 kilos, right? The bar was 20 plus 220. So I remember thinking, oh my God, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine. I can't wait for the day when I can squat 60 kilos. I remember thinking like he was my hero because he was squatting 60 kilos. Now I think he actually put a wee bit more weight in the bar, but Ryan has never squatted heavy for aesthetics. He's always trained as an athlete. Um, so I don't know why he was only squatting 60 kilos, but I remember thinking like he was my hero. Now I squat more than Ryan. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I, I continued to squat over the years and I continued just to push through and push through and push through. And I was determined that my back was only sore when squatting because there was something I was doing wrong, right? I was, I just thought there's absolutely something I'm doing wrong here, or maybe I need to get stronger. I just need to make my back stronger. And all of these things were true. And anyone who's listened to my squatting pod- podcast will, will know that, you know, I always talk about how you need to strengthen the glutes. So one of the main problems of squatting, which I'm really not going to get into in too much of a finer detail here, But just like, you know, one of the main problems, the reason why people suffer from back pain and squatting is because they have weak glutes. So if you have weak glutes, which are actually supposed to do all of the work at the bottom of your squat, then they will not be able to do the the work at the bottom of the squat. So your lower back will pick up the slack. So that's what was happening with me. I did not have any gluteus maximus whatsoever because in yoga, you never work your gluteus maximus. And so I was squatting right down. And because my glutes, whenever I went below parallel, were not strong enough to pick up the slack, to pick up the weight of the, the squat, my lower back was picking up the weight of the squat. And so therefore it was tweaking it and pushing it, you know, and and doing whatever it was doing to it. I don't know what it was it was doing to it, but it was making it sore. So once I learned this and I started then to focus on building up my glute muscles, everything changed because I knew how to build up and activate my glutes. So at the bottom of the squat, once you break parallel and your glutes become engaged, my glutes were actually engaged because I knew how to actually engage them. I knew how to, you know, bring my mind to my glutes and then keep them turned on the whole way through the squat, squat down, engage them at the bottom and use my glutes to power me back up. And once I learned how to do that, my back pain completely disappeared. So, but here's what happened. Uh, For the next two years, I spent copious amounts of time chasing, chasing heavier squat weights. 
I studied squatting because even whenever something is like my nemesis, whenever something I, I feel like I can't conquer it, I will just I will just focus on it and try and conquer it. And of course, every single book I was reading and every plan I was following, they were all saying about squatting, right? It was like, oh, just squat, 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 which is, you know, usually a free bar squat. So I was obviously free bar squatting and I was chasing my squat weight. And sometimes I would go into the gym on leg day and I would do nothing else but squat. I would squat and squat and squat. I would go, you know, 20 kilos, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Once I got up to 80, I was doing high bench squats, low bench squats. I was doing, you know, sumo squats, you know, squats with feet close together. But I, I was determined to push my weight up. And after, I guess, about two years of consistent squatting, I definitely had pushed my weight up to, I was comfortably squatting 80 kilos. And I, you know, if I did a high bench squat, which is when you place a bench behind you and you sit back as if you're going to sit on the bench, but you tap it with your glutes and then stand back up, it gives you a little more um, you, you're not going anywhere near as deep. So it is much, much easier. You know, I, I'd got up to about a hundred kilos, right? Which was really, really heavy. hundred kilos is 220 pounds. So this is after two years of squatting, I managed to get up to about a hundred kilos. And, but I still wasn't getting those really big, full, deep squats that you see people getting, you know, in fitness videos and things. And I, and, but here's the thing, right? My goal, yes, was to push up through the weights on squats, but my goal was kind of a little bit misguided. And this is the point that I'm very long-windedly getting to. My goal was a little bit misguided, okay? Because my goal was to was actually to build bigger legs. Because after a year of training, I stood on stage as a bikini athlete and I won my first show. And I, I sorry, I didn't, that's not true. I came sixth in my first show in a huge class. And then I came second in my, uh, did I... I did three shows that year. So I came sixth, first, and second, okay, in my in my shows. And but I still didn't have anywhere near the body that I wanted. So as soon as I, I finished the shows those year that year, 2017, I just went hell for leather back into the gym to try and build bigger legs. So now my goal was to build bigger legs. I was like, I want big melon crusher thighs and a big massive round booty. I always wanted lovely big full glutes. So I was on a mission to make that happen. And so that was actually my goal. But but I thought that the way to make that happen would be to squat heavier. I was just like heavier, heavier, heavier. So I was sometimes not sacrificing form, but certainly maybe sacrificing a little bit of depth just to get up to the 100 kilos. And, you know, I wanted to be the kind of girl that was able to stick 100 kilos on the bar in the gym and just squat it, you know, without anyone helping. <laughs> and um, I, so it was a lot of ego in play as well. You know, I was like, I want to I wanna be like that. I want to look like that. I want to be able to do that. I want the, the men to look at me and go, oh, wow, she's so strong. So I definitely had a, an ego in play at the time. And so I was, I was pushing and pushing and pushing for these bigger weights, but really my goal was to build bigger legs. Okay. But here's what I didn't realize, right? I didn't realize that there were faster ways to make that happen. I thought the way you had to build bigger legs was to go into the gym once or twice a week and you had to squat like a bitch for an hour and you had to, you know, do leg extensions and, you know, all these different exercises. I even bought this quad program once, I'll never forget it. And it was two hours in the gym. I'm not even joking. Two hours in the gym training quads. I think you trained quads on all different angles of your quads, something like, I don't know, five, six days a week. And I was like, is this actually what it takes to build big quads? Like I remember being so disheartened thinking, this is actually insanely difficult. I don't even, I, I can't even cope with this because there were about 10 exercises each day. And by the time you got to the end, you were absolutely exhausted. So, um, so here's what happened, right? After all of this squatting, 
and all of this chasing of bigger quads. And then I stood on stage in 2018. And really, I didn't look that much bigger. <laughs> like my upper body, right? I looked better because it was ripped to the bone. My upper body was, you know, I'd put on a huge amount of size in my upper body, but really my legs weren't that different. I mean, they were. I'd put on, okay, well, actually, if I look back to whenever I first started training, to, you know, to where I was two years later, definitely, yes, my legs were bigger, right? But I didn't really feel they were big enough to warrant the amount of fucking effort I had put in. Like, literally, I had been, I had the amount of time and energy and soul-crushing effort I had put in to try to make those legs bigger. And I really just didn't feel that the that what I got, you know, had warranted or you know, I felt I deserved more. I mean, how many of you listening to this really feel sometimes that you deserve more, right? Do you ever look in the mirror and go, really? Really? Is that it? Is that all I've got from all of this soul-crushing effort? You know, that's really how I felt. And to compound it, what happened was I went away to London to compete, compete in Miami Pro, which is a huge show, bikini show in London. And I went over there to compete in Miami Pro. And I took a friend, Emma, with me. And some of you all heard this story, have heard this story before. So Emma at the time was my posing coach. She's still a good friend. And she, uh, I went to her for posing that year. She was um, just to polish my posing. And she was really great, actually a really, really great teacher. And I said to her, do you want to come to London for Miami Pro? I'll pay for you. And she was like, oh my God, I would love to. So she came with me and it was really nice to have the moral support actually. So she came with me to London. We shared a bed, we, you know, shared a room. We, you know, had a few drinks together the night before or the night after the show. It was, you know, it was, it was lovely to have her there. And anyway, we were, she was about uh, five weeks or six weeks. I think she was about six weeks out from her show when she was competing in two categories above me, which was the athletic category. And I remember she had said, oh yeah, my trainers told me just to take the weekend off and be eating this and eating this and whatever. And I was like, really? Like, because let me tell you, five weeks out from my show, I was fucking starving. And I mean, starving starving. I was doing an hour's cardio on the treadmill in the morning. Then I was going to the gym and I was doing, you know, heavy training in the gym. And in between my sets, I was doing these crazy ass hit workouts. I was like, you know, doing box jumps and rope, rope things and, you know, or battle ropes. And, oh, and I just would left the gym feeling absolutely not already destroyed every day. And I, there was Emma five weeks out from her show, stuffing her face with fucking bagels and muffins. And she went out to do her cardio I was thinking, this is how can she, how can this be? How can she be eating all this shit of the day? And I've been like dead for the last twelve weeks uh, to prepare for this show. And then one day, I'll never forget, we were standing in the. It was the morning of the show. We were standing in the um in the in the hotel bedroom, and she said to me, "Right, strip so I can look at you, and we can see how dry you are, what your condition is." So I I stripped down to my underwear, and she said, "Yep, turn around." She said, "Yeah, you're looking great, and you're you know," and she was kind of pinching me and whatever. And then I said to her, you know what? I said, I'm just so pissed off because no matter what I do, I just can't get my legs bigger. And she went, she goes, your legs are fine. And I said, no, they're not. I said, I really just want big muscular legs. And she went, and she said, you mean like these? And she dropped her tracks at bottoms and flexed her quads. And I went, oh my God. I was like, how the fuck did you get those? She had thighs. She she had quads like I had always wanted. They were they were ripped. She was six weeks out from her show and she had such definition in her legs. And the, the only way you get definition in your legs, by the way, people always ask me all the time, how do you get ripped quads? The only way you really get definition in your legs is you have to make the muscles really big so they push through. Because even if, you know, you have to be 
ripped to the bone, like a woman's legs really don't come through. Her quad muscles don't come through hugely unless there's a lot of muscle under there to push through because, you know, we always store fat in our lower body, but her legs, like her quads had so many separations in them and they were exactly the kind of quads I'd been trying to build for years and her glutes too were amazing. And I said to her, how did you get legs like that? And she said, um, Mark Getty, my trainer. And I was like, take me to your trainer. <laughs> so obviously he wasn't in London, but I, I I knew then and there. I was like, I'm going to go and train with this guy, Mark Getty. And she showed me a picture of him. And Mark was literally a monster. Mark was the, the largest man I had ever seen in my entire life, not in a bodybuilding magazine. I was like, holy shit, this guy is massive. And so I said to her, can you arrange for me to meet Mark whenever we get back? And she said, absolutely, of course, because I was doing another show two weeks after I got back from London. And so she said, yeah, absolutely, of course, I'll arrange for you to meet him. So I, um, we got back from the show and I went to meet Mark and he was actually huge. His bicep is 24 inches big his bicep, 24 inches. So I looked at him and I thought, well, you're the biggest motherfucker I've ever seen in my entire life. If there's anyone knows how to build muscle, evidently it is you. I am therefore in the right place. And I said to him, will you train me? I said, this is my goal. I said, I have another show in two weeks, which I need to prepare for, but will you train me for, you know, I said, I, I want to, here's what, here's what are my goals? My goals are, I want to have really big glutes, big thighs and whatever. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem at all. And so he said, well, you know, come in on, on Monday and we'll start to train. So I said, great. So that was fine. Uh, so I told Curtis, I said, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to train with you anymore. I'm switching to Mark. Curtis was really understanding. He said, yep, he's a fantastic trainer. You know, you'll do really well with him. So I uh, I went in to train with him. Um, I'm trying to think, was this just after the show and before the next show? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think I had three weeks actually between shows. I had three weeks between shows. So I went in to train with him on Monday. I think we trained chest and I can't remember what we trained. The only thing I remember is legs, right? So I don't know what we trained before that. So I'm not even going to make shit up, but I'll tell you what happened. So I went in and trained with Mark and we're training legs. And so we did leg extensions to start and, you know, that was fine. I, I don't mind leg extensions. I have good, strong quads. I don't remember that being particularly an issue, but we went round to squat and he said to me, um, and he took me over to the Smith machine and I said, what are we doing in the Smith? And he said, we're going to squat. And I said, on the Smith? And he said, he looked at me and he goes, are you training me or am I training you? And I said, no, 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 I'm fine, no problem. But inside I was going, really? We're squatting on the Smith? Like all I'd ever heard was, oh, free bar squats, you evangelical. And of course I was an evangelical free bar squatter because that's all I had learned in my training. You know, it's like you wouldn't ever do anything except a free bar squat. It works over 200 muscles in the body. It, you know, it's great for this and great for that. And all of the, you know, everyone is so evangelical about the fucking free bar squat. So I was, well, I just looked at Mark and I thought, well, his legs are four times the size of mine. He might know what he's talking about. Shut the fuck up, Kim. Get on with it. So I got under that free bar squat. I Sorry, I got under that Smith squat. And Mark just kept adding more and more and more weight. And, and I thought my third set, I was pretty sure that that was our final set. And he put more more weight on. And I was like, uh, really? We're going for another set? And he was like, I made that, that, I made that last one look easy. And I was thinking, I made it look easy. It was absolutely soul-crushingly hard. Well, I thought I knew what where hard work was. <laughs> up until that point and then I realized I didn't know what hardware was at all I was a total rookie so anyway Mark put me under the Smith squat and I squatted I think five sets four sets of squats 
And then we got on to this other contraption, which looks really fun, but is actually a torture device in disguise. And it's called the pendulum squat. And whenever you get on the pendulum squat, it has like this kind of, you could imagine like a pendulum action, right? And it, you know, when you get on it and you nestle yourself in, you put the pads on your shoulders and you unhook it. And then you go, wee all the way down. And let me tell you, see, when you hit the bottom and you have to push back up, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, no, it is an absolute bitch of a machine. And so we did pendulum squats where again, I nearly died, left my soul on the gym floor after that one. And then we did, I can't remember, I think it was walking lunges. Then we did lying leg crawls. So I, and I was like, is, is that it? Like to me, it really didn't feel like a hard workout. We only did five exercises. And even though I knew I'd worked hard in my final sets, like I knew I'd worked really hard. I was used to trainers, even though I had annihilated myself or what I had felt in my final set, I was used to trainers who, you know, asking me for more, okay, one more set. And I'm like, one more set? Are you insane? I'm not doing one more set. And so I, what I loved about training with Mark was he never asked you to do one more set. When, when you had given your all, that was it. The set was over. So it was really good because you knew that you only really had to dig deep and give your all once. And once you'd done it once, then, you know, you were, then he wouldn't ask you to do it again. So <laughs> let me tell you what happened. I was a wee bit like, really? Squat on two machines? Like two machines, not even a free bar squat? Like, can you imagine what kind of self-respecting, you know, athlete am I squatting on these machines? Well, I woke up the next morning and I actually couldn't get out of bed. I, it took, it took me to psych myself up to move my legs. I hobbled to the bathroom. I did the two-handed toilet seat lever down into the sitting position and I thought, oh my God, what have I done? Well, let me just say it took 11 days for the pain in my legs to go away. 11 days. The pain in my legs was so bad that I had to walk backwards down the stairs backwards down the stairs. I couldn't place one foot in front of the other going downstairs because of the weight that was placed on my quad. I had to either walk sideways or backwards. My mother-in-law was over from Australia and she was pissing herself laughing at me. I actually remember saying to Ryan, Ryan, I think I've damaged my legs. I actually think that I've damaged fibers in my legs. He was laughing. He was like, you really haven't, Kim. It's just doms. I said, no, seriously, Ryan, I actually think that my muscles may be damaged. I don't think they'll ever recover. And uh, I, I genuinely was concerned that I had done serious permanent damage because I had never had delayed onset muscle soreness for that long a period. Now, as Mark says, once you've had it, you'll never, you'll once you've gone through that pain once, you'll never go through it again. Now, if I went back to train with Mark now after not doing these exercises with that intensity for a while, then I definitely would be sore, but I'll never, ever, ever be as sore as I was the first time. Now, what is my point here? My point is, Mark, whenever I first went to him, said to me, what is your goal? What is it that you want? And I said, well, I want melon crusher thighs and I want a great set of glutes. So Mark tailored my training to that goal. And I remember then over the next couple of weeks, you know, months, you know, we, we trained together every week for three years. And I, and I, of course, got to know all Mark's philosophies very well. And we talked about this extensively. But what Mark said to me was, 
you know, I said to him, why do you not, you know, I, I've been free bar squatting and, and, you know, and I'm just interested why you don't free bar squat. And he said to me, well, he said, if your goal is not strength, your goal is muscle growth. Your goal is aesthetics, correct? And I said, yes. And he said, like, you don't really want to, you're not competing in a, in a in a strongman competition or a powerlifting competition where you're getting judged on the amount of weight you're squatting. You are being judged on a stage for how big your muscles are. So he said, so why would you do an exercise where you have a higher risk of injury and you can't go as heavy because you're, the fear kicks in at some point that, you know, this bar is going to crush you and you have no way of getting out of it. He said, so you're always holding back a little bit. He said, why would you choose that exercise for an aesthetic goal if that exercise is specifically for a strength goal? He said, it's much easier to hit failure, to hit concrete muscle failure in the final sets, final reps of the final set if you're on a machine, he said a machine locks the load into the legs. It locks it into the legs and glutes and where it's supposed to go. And it takes out all of those little variables because anybody who has ever had a, a bar on their back squatting will know that you have to balance the bar, control the bar. You have to lock everything in before you go down. Sometimes you go all the way down and then you hit that little sticking point at the bottom and you go, oh shit, am I going to be able to get back up here? Sometimes you dip forward on your toes, you dip forward, you know, on your, you know, uh, with the weight of the bar on your shoulders. Like that bar is unstable and that bar is unpredictable. Okay. So you have to do a lot more work to hold the bar in place. That's why a free bar squat works over 200 muscles of the body. But I don't really give a shit about working over 200 muscles of the body. I want bigger legs. So Mark said to me, you know, the Smith machine, if you squat on it, locks all the load into the legs. It takes out all of the little variables and all the other little muscles that will come into play that, you know, that you will use to stabilize and balance the bar and lock it into the legs. And so we started doing a variation of, uh, we did Smith squats actually for quite a while. And then we switched to incline hack squats. We would do Smith and then pendulum. Then we would do incline hack and pendulum. Then we went to a V bar, uh, sorry, a V squat it's called, which again is a machine. Your feet are on a raised platform. And for then for a long time after we did V squats and incline hack squats before then the V squats started hurting my back. Uh, another story for another day. And we switched to incline and pendulum. Now, what happened after I did two things? So the first thing I did was I switched from all free bar work. This was three years ago. I switched from all free bar work to all machine work. I had not put a free barbell on my back, apart from to record a video for demonstration purposes for one of my programs. I hadn't put a free bar on my back in, in three years. I had only squatted on machines. And in the first year, I went to train with Mark in April 2018. And I stood on stage again in April 2019. And in those 12 months, my legs doubled in size. And I was doing half the work that I had been doing in the two years previously. I mean, half the work. Now, not half the load. I was doing heavier loads, but I was doing less reps and less sets and less exercises. But the only difference that I had made was I had added more load and I had taken all free bar squats out of my leg day training and I'd gone to machines because a machine squat allows you to safely add more load. Like I said, because you're taking out all of those variables and the fastest, most efficient way to build more muscle is simply to add more load. 
Um, and, and that's that's really it. People ask me all the time about, you know, oh, if I do more volume or if I do more this or if I do more that. Look, is there are there other ways to overload the muscle? Yes, you can overload the muscle, you know, by doing more volume. You can overload the muscle by doing less rest, by more time under tension. There are many, many, many ways to overload the muscle. But my question always is, if you didn't have to choose it, why would you? Like if I said to you, if you lived here with me in Belfast and you said to me, Kim, what's the, f like, I, I'm, I'm here in the office in Hollywood, okay? And I live in East Belfast. It's eight minutes drive from the office. So you, if you were sitting here and we were going to meet at my house, right? I could say to you, you could say to me, Kim, uh, what's, you know, how do I get to your house? And I could say to you, well, it, here's the fastest way. If you just drive out of here and you take a left and you head right down the dual carriageway until you come to the light to Knocknagoni, take a left there, get into the slip road, second on the left, my house is a mile up the road. That'll take you eight minutes, okay? That's the most direct route. Or, and then I could say to you, but if you don't want to do that, well, then you can do this other, you can do this other route. There's three other ways you can go, okay? So the second way will take you about, probably about 14 minutes. The third way is a little more scenic and it'll take you 16 minutes. And then there's another way, which is much longer, and it'll take you about 22 minutes. If your goal is to get to my house, are you going to choose any other way than the one that gets you from A to B as fast as possible? No, you're going to choose the eight minute route and you're going to say, well... All I want to do is get to your house to pick up this thing and then go home or to have a cocktail on your terrace or whatever. And, you know, you're going to choose the eight minute route. Now, what if I said to you, then, you know what, though, there's roadworks on that and there may be a bit of a delay or you might get stuck in traffic or whatever. Then you would say, okay, well, I'm not going to chance the roadworks. I'm going to go the 12 minute route. Okay. And you might decide that it wasn't worth it for you to go the eight minute route. You're going to go the 12 minute route. Well, this is kind of like what training is like. Okay. People say to me all the time, what's the fastest way to build muscle? And I say, add more load. Okay. Adding more load is the eight minute route from Hollywood to my house. That's what adding more load is. Now, if you cannot add more load, okay, if you have a physical impediment or you have an injury or you have something which would stop you from adding more load, then of course, choose another way. Choose adding more volume, choose time under tension, choose less rest, but don't choose them over adding more load unless you cannot add more load. So, but if your goal is, like, if your goal was, if you were like, okay, well, I just want to see more Belfast, is there a scenic route I can take? It doesn't matter that it's 22 minutes. I'd be like, of course, you know, go up the hill, right to the end, take a left and blah, 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 go then go right and then go around there. So if your goal was to see as much of Belfast as you possibly could, well, then you may take the 22 minute scenic route. Just like if your goal was to learn about time under tension or to have a little bit of fun in the gym or to switch up your workouts for a variety because you were feeling bored and you don't really care about building muscle, then you could choose any of the other ways to build muscle, but the fastest, most efficient way to build muscle is load, okay? And the fastest way or the easiest and quickest and most efficient way to add more load is to squat on a machine, not on a free bar. That is why with Mark Getty, within the first year, my legs doubled in size and I now have enormous legs, enormous glutes and a huge amount of muscle in my body doing less work than I have ever done than I ever did in those those first months whenever or those first years whenever I was training by myself. And so, you know, when it's very very hard to 
to train hard enough when you're free bar squatting. So I'm not against free bar squatting because I have started doing it again, which I'm going to tell you about now. But um, it's very hard to train hard enough when you're free bar squatting, especially if you don't have a squatter because you are always afraid of injuring yourself and that will naturally hold you back. So if your goal is to get stronger stronger in squats or your goal is to compete in a strongman competition or a powerlifting competition, then 100% keep going. That is, you know, that should be your goal. But if that is your goal, aesthetics cannot be your goal. Because if you ever looked at powerlifters, they generally are, they don't, they carry a bit of extra body fat. They aren't super lean because they're not bodybuilders and they need to eat for fuel and they need to eat for strength. But if your goal is to build bigger legs, then there are are much, much, much quicker ways to do it. And that is to squat on, um, on a machine. And so, well, what happened then? So this is so what happened was I I've been squatting this way for three years, doing exactly the same squats in exactly the same order. I even took out walking lunges. I was like, I do not like walking lunges. And if you cannot tell me any good reason why I should do a walking lunge, this is what I was saying to Mark. I was like, I am not doing them. And he said, Well, I just think they're a great finisher and they're great for warming up the hamstrings. And I said, Well, I'm gonna take them out and I'm gonna see, does anything change if I take them out? So I took walking lunges out of my gym training. Now, I understand at this point, I'm a very experienced lifter. So about a year ago, I took walking lunges out of my gym training and nothing changed. My legs did not shrink. They did not grow any less. Nothing changed. So I decided that walking lunges, because I hated them, were no longer going to be a part of my training and they're gone. Um, And so, but then recently, what happened was... um, we decided, so I got really, really, really busy in the business. And again, this is why I say that you should never, never say never, because I was like, I will never free bar squat again. I will never this, I will never that. But I have to be honest, right? So my business has grown so much, especially in the last year. You know, the pandemic was a year when I decided that I was not going to go under and I was going to grow my business really, really, really big. And we basically doubled our turnover um, and we finished, um, we finished last year with, um, well, we, we, we made about $5 million in revenue, which was phenomenal. And so my priorities have changed and I was beginning to get to the point where I was getting a little bit bored, have to be honest. And I hate saying that on a podcast because all my fans are going to go, <gasps> Bored, you've all you've always told me you're not here to entertain me, you're here to get me results. And that is true. So let me just explain. I was gonna get a little I was beginning to get a little bit bored because honestly, my body's big enough, right? I have an enormous amount of muscle, an enormous amount of muscle. I really do not have a goal to build really any more muscle in my body. I love my thighs, they are verging on being huge. Sometimes I wear jeans and I look at them in the mirror and I go, wow, my legs are big, right? They're not like enormous, but they are big enough. And I'm as big really as I want to be. And so I was going into the gym and I'm pushing and I'm like, you know, pushing and pushing and I'm I'm doing 90 kilo lap pull downs, which is 200 pounds, you know, 200 pounds in a lap pull down. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling, you know, I'm doing like a seated cable row of 240 pounds and, and you know, which is 110 kilos. And I'm and like, I'm just, I'm, pulling and pushing these massive weights. I'm squatting 180 kilos on a V-bar squat, um, I'm sorry, on a V-squat machine, um, which then it started to hurt my shoulder because, uh, you know, 180 kilos is a lot of weight to carry. My legs can carry it. I can do 10 reps, but my sh- it was really beginning to hurt my shoulder. 
And so and I was, I'm doing 220 kilos on the incline hack squat. And I got to a point where I was like, I think I have reached my threshold. I think I've actually reached the threshold of what my body can cope with. Because even though my legs are capable of squatting to 180 kilos, and like, of course, I haven't reached my threshold. It was more like I've I've reached my mental threshold, if you like. You know, it was taking an enormous amount of mental fortitude each week for me to get under 180 kilos on a V-squat machine. And, you know, I was really having to psych myself up for it. I was like, oh God. And every week I was like, oh, not again, not again. And it, and I think years ago, I had the mental fortitude to, to get under those weights and to push that, you know, 220 kilos I'm up to now on the incline hack squat. And I really did have the mental fortitude to push those weights. But as the business grew, right, that was my only focus for a couple of years. It wasn't really, I was growing the business, but I definitely, like we have 28 staff. I think we've, we've just taken on two more this year. We think we have 30 staff worldwide now, okay? So a lot of staff worldwide, a lot of projects. We're building a conglomerate at the minute. We have five different companies we are either running or building under the Sculpted Vegan brand. And I have this huge team to manage. And really, it got to the point where I was like, I don't have the mental fortitude to come in here and do this every week anymore because my, it's not that my life is stressful at all. I'm not a stressy person in any way, but my life requires an enormous amount of mental focus and but so does going to the gym and getting under a 220 kilo weight. It requires an enormous amount of mental fortitude. And so I got to the point where it's not even that I was bored. I got to the point where I found myself struggling. I just find myself struggling every single week to muster the energy to go to the to, to go to the gym to push those weights. And I thought, you know what, something is going to have to change. And I realized that not only was it requiring an enormous amount of mental fortitude to go to the gym, but it was requiring a huge amount of my time because the gym is a 30-minute drive from my house. So we were having to leave the house every morning at 9.30, which means we had to get up to get our cardio done first and then back to the house for breakfast, then making coffees for the road and making my BCAA water. And everything became like such a routine. And my kids don't go to school. We homeschool our kids. So we don't have a lot of restrictions in our lives. And so I found myself getting really, you know, like I had so much going on in work. And I thought, God, I could just do without this because... I wasn't getting to the office until midday. So my whole morning was gone, really. And I and I was suffering under the amount of work that I had to do. And I thought, there must be a better way here than me. Because I go to the gym Monday to Friday. So I wasn't getting into the office until midday. And I really was struggling. So I said to Ryan, why don't we build a gym in the house? And he was like, really? And he said, he said, well, I don't mind. Like, I'll train anywhere. And I said, Look, we've been training together for a long time now with Mark. I said, you know how to spot me. I know how to spot you. We trust each other. Let's build a gym in the house. And he said, well, we're not going to be able to put in all the equipment that we have. And I said, no, we'll just turn the dining room into a gym. We'll get a big squat rack. I said, we'll just do, you know, squats, deadlifts, whatever. And he was like, who are this person? Who is this person? And what have you done with my wife? You want to do squats and deadlifts? I was like, well, you know what, Ryan? I said, really? I've come to the point now where I don't have five hours. Like we get up at 6.30 or 7 a.m. I don't have five hours to invest in training and going to the gym in the morning. I really need that time for work. So now something has to compromise. So we did it. So we we bought in a bench and dumbbells and a, you know, um, a good range of equipment to be able to, to do. My, my program Basement Jacked that I sell, it's only $97 on the website. It's basically a home gym program which uses only barbells and dumbbells. And I really created it for myself because, you know, I started training from home and I needed a really effective workout. And so we did, we we started doing it, um, started training from home and something happened, which I did not expect. And the thing that happened that I did not expect is 
I really started enjoying squatting and deadlifting. I had a whole story in here to tell you about deadlifting, but I've gone on far too long. I've prattled on for ages, so I don't have time to tell you the story about deadlifting. But deadlifting for me was the same as squatting. It was like I was getting to the point where I was pulling the weight and, you know, I was having to go, I was easily pulling 100 kilos, 110 kilos, and I was having to go up to maybe 120, 130 kilos. And it was like, it was getting to the point where I was actually just I was risking injuring myself, right? But I needed to go heavy because I needed to build the, build the, my, my focus was building muscle. So I needed to go heavy to build the muscle, but I was compromising my safety every time I was doing it. So I stopped deadlifting for the same reason. So I started deadlifting at home. I started uh, squatting and deadlifting at home. And the first week we squatted, I we we did like, I think a 40 kilo warm up, and then we went to 60 and then I put 80 on. And I was like, oh, I, and of course the last time I did squatted was three years ago. So 80 kilo felt really heavy for me three years ago. So I got onto the bar and I put the 80 kilos on my back and I locked it in and I stepped back and I went down and I was like, holy shit, this is light. It was amazing. Obviously my strength is so much, my strength is through the roof compared to what it was three years ago. So I, I, so then I put a hundred kilos on the bar and I was like, oh, it said to Ryan, stand in behind me, you know, keep your hands in the bar, you know, just in case I fail. And I went up and down in 10 easy reps with a hundred kilos on my back. And I couldn't fucking believe it. I was so strong, but not only was I strong, I had so much more body awareness and training awareness from all of the years and years and years of training that I was able to pull up on my transverse abdominus, lock it in. I was able to keep my chin high, my chest high so that I didn't, you know, dip forward at the bottom, which was always what was hurting my back. Ryan knew me really well. So he knew where my sticking point was. My sticking point is always, um, I have really strong glutes. So whenever I go down with a big heavy load on my back, I can go right to the bottom. My glutes engage, they push me up, but there's a sticking point where my quads take over. So when the weight, the load transfers from your uh, primary muscle group being your quad, your glutes into your primary muscle group being your quads, when that switch happens, that's when a lot of people have a sticking point in a, in a squat. And so that's always my sticking point. So I need someone at a heavy weight to keep their hands on the bar just to give me a little touch through that sticking point so I can continue on up. So Ryan knows about that sticking point. So I felt so confident that if I stuck there, you know, he would give me just a, a little lift to keep the rep moving. And oh my God, it was fantastic. And then I deadlifted. We had a hundred kilos on the bar. I, I deadlifted easily a hundred kilos. My body was so strong. It felt so good. But best of all, I woke up the next morning and holy hell, my legs were sore. My legs were sore. My glutes were sore. I had, you know, my, my back was sore. All of the muscles that I hadn't used in years and years and years, because I hadn't been free bar squatting, were suddenly all activated and deadlifting as well. And I really focused on pushing my glutes out behind me, on bending my knees, on really stretching with good form. And I have been having the time of my life training from home because you know why? I have, there's no pressure anymore. I have this insanely strong, well, you know, muscular chiseled body, which I love. So uh, now that I have reached this point in my training, I'm not pushing for more and more muscle gains. I'm pushing for um, better form. I'm reversing the grip in my bent over barbell rows. I'm really working on squeezing my back in my squats. I'm having so much fun playing around with my squats and, you know, going up in the weight. And I've, I've now gone up like over four weeks. I think I, I think I went hundred kilos, hundred kilos, 110 kilos, 120 kilos. So I'm now up to 120 kilos. I easily did, um, 10 reps at 120 kilos this week with just a little bit of a spot in the final two reps. So next week I'm going to go to 130 kilos I just, I'm so enjoying finding my way back to 
you know, having fun in the gym and just trying things because they're fun, still challenging my muscle because what builds the muscle keeps the muscle. So I would never, never want to leave the gym feeling like I hadn't worked hard. Like I hadn't done, like I, I really hadn't, I like to leave the gym feeling like I've left my soul on the floor. And if, if I had of uh, last week I did a squat, I think my third set was a hundred, fourth set was a hundred kilos. And I thought that I was going to stop there. And I said, Ryan, that was too easy. I need, an, I need another set. So I put another 10 kilos on the bar and I squatted 110 and I felt good. This week I went to 120. But here's what I'm doing this time, which is completely different. I am pushing the weight up slowly. I'm not going, okay, well, I'm not chasing the muscle gains. I need more weight. I need more load. I need more load. I do know that load is king and I will still always choose load over volume or reps or anything else. But this time I'm doing it really, really safely, really safely. I, If I feel like I want to stop, I stop. If I feel like I've done enough, I stop. If I, like I remember once I was deadlifting with Mark and, and around the fourth or I think it was around the sixth rep, I felt my, I felt my legs had gotten tired and my grip had gone slightly. And I, as I, as I lowered the bar to the floor to pull it back up, I kind of felt something go on my back. And Mark was like, come on, come on, you've got four more reps. And he was, he didn't know something had gone on my back. And so he was trusting me to feel it. And I went on for four more reps and I destroyed my back. I should have set it down the minute I felt it go. But instead, because Mark was going four more rather than saying, no, I've, I'm done. I'm setting it down. I, of course, the defeatist in me did not want to be defeated and uh, or didn't want to pop out. I wanted to put it back in the box. And so I injured myself because I didn't know when to say, no, I've hurt myself and enough is enough. And I do have that body awareness. Um, so I should have been able to say no, but I didn't. And so now what I'm doing is I'm trying different types of lunges. I'm looking at people on Instagram again and going, oh, that's an interesting exercise. And I'm doing, you know, like hyper extensions over the bar and I'm doing, you know, step back lunges with a bar. And I'm really enjoying challenging my body in completely different ways, knowing that I'm still building muscle because I still wake up sore after every single workout. I've gone back to bench pressing as well. I bench press 70 kilos for uh, I think 10 reps the other day, it was eight or 10 reps. So 70 kilos is about 180 pounds, I think 170 pounds. So, you know, and I, before I, I started training with machines with Mark, again, I haven't done a free bar bench in a long time, but whenever I started training with machines, you know, I think I was only doing 45 kilos top set in my bench press. So now that I've gone back to benching after using machines for all those years, I definitely have gotten stronger, but I've gotten bigger and stronger, which is amazing. And now I'm bench pressing 70 kilos for 10 reps. Um, and I'm sure I could probably, you know, if I kept going, I'll push it up more. So what is the moral of this story? The moral of this story is you got to be really, really, really clear on your goal. And I know I'm always talking about goal setting and you're like, okay, fuck, she's got on my goals again. But, you know, I'm not saying that squatting isn't good for growth. It is, okay? Squatting, free bar squatting is really, really good for growth. But what is better for growth is training to failure. Training to failure so that you are doing forced reps, half reps, that you've got a good spotter on your squat who is, you know, my last two set, my last two reps, 120 kilo this week, I lowered really slowly with control and then pushed back up and Ryan just gave me a little lift just to get it back up. And then I lowered with control and he gave me another, you know, push to get back up. So, you know, he was giving me a little bit of a lift, but as long as I was lowering with control, I hadn't failed. As long as you can lower with control and then you can still get back up with a little bit of a lift, you haven't yet failed. As long as you can lower with control and get back up, your muscles have not failed. 
but I'm a very experienced trainer, so I know how to do that. But a lot of people who are free bar squatting are too afraid of hurting themselves, so they never truly go to failure. And so they're they're missing out on muscle growth, and then they're, they're like me after two years going, this is really not fair. I do not have enough results visible for the amount of effort I've been putting in. But just remember that time does not equate results. Just because you've been going to the gym for a long time does not mean you deserve any more results than you've got. Whenever I started training with Mark, I started training less time, 45 minutes in and out. So I was doing less exercises, less reps, less sets, and less time. And I doubled my muscle growth in one year. So just because you're training for a long time or you're in the gym for two hours doesn't actually mean that you're working hard. You're only working hard if you're truly training to failure using a high intensity training principle. We have loads of podcasts on that. So you should binge on the podcast if you haven't listened to them already. I do talk about that extensively, but that is the fastest way to grow muscle. And if that is your goal, I'm telling you, and you're at the earlier stages of your your journey, you're better to get off the free bar squat. Get onto a machine, squat on a Smith machine, okay? Like really, you know, you some people are like, oh, I don't want to spot that squat on a Smith in case people look at me in the gym. I'm like, I don't give a shit who's looking at me in the gym. I want big legs. I like, do you think, you know, fatty McFat pants over there judging you because you're swanning on a Smith is, is like going to give you bigger legs? No, it's not going to make your life happier or better in any way. Just get on and do what works. And let me tell you, if your goal is to build big amounts of muscle, machines are the way to do it. If your goal is to enter a powerlifting competition or to work on your strength, then definitely free benching, free squatting, free deadlifting. Those are the ways to get stronger in the lower rep ranges of three to five reps. Um, but if your goal is uh, to build muscle, you're better to work in the rep range, the, the hypertrophy, um, which is muscle growth rep range, which is the eight to 12 rep range. That is where your muscle will grow the biggest because it's it's under the it's under tension the most. So you will still get strong as well, but you'll get stronger if you're in the three to five rep range and you're you know doing a lot of free bar stuff. So, you know, it's not squatting that builds the muscle, actually. It's the stress that squatting places on the muscle that builds it. And there's many, many ways to do that. And actually, I do believe that the fastest way to build muscle is by using machines. But if you're you're happy with your body and you're like, you know, I don't want any more muscle, like, like me, don't get me wrong, I'll take more muscle and I do still keep building it year on year, but it's not my primary goal anymore. My primary goal now is to run my business and to see as much of my kids as I can because I'm so busy running my business and training, although important to me, now is not my highest value. It's not my biggest focus. And so therefore I had to reprioritize my life and um, I've decided just to have fun with my training. I will never not train, but I'm definitely having more fun with it now and not making it the biggest, hardest, and highest value in my life. Because if you're training properly the way you should be and need to be training to build muscle, then it should be soul-crushingly hard and it should take a huge amount of mental energy and mental fortitude. But you know what? If if that, if you, if you don't have that in you or you're like, really? Just my life is really hard and going to the gym is actually just supposed to be something which I'm doing for me, which is fun and I don't mind it taking a bit longer and I'm not in any rush, then just, you know, go to the gym and have fun with it and push as hard as you possibly can and you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger over time and you will get good results. Um, but just be really, really clear with what your with what your goal is. There's many, many ways to achieve the goal that you want, you know, safely without injury, especially for us 
slightly older, or should I say slightly more mature women over the age of 40 or 50. Uh, we definitely do not want to be injuring ourselves. So I would say stick to machines. But you know, the best thing that you can do is just to experiment, to choose what works for you. And don't be afraid to change lanes. Don't be afraid to switch it up and you know, and have a go at something else eventually. Just know though that one thing I would caution against is switching up your exercises every single week if you are in the muscle building phase. If you're in the muscle building phase where you are just like, give me the muscle gains, I want the fastest way to build this body, then you're better to stick with the same exercises in the same order with the same sets and the same reps week in, week out because your body will build a central nervous system, system pattern of movement which will enable you to lift heavier, push more, and be stronger and bigger faster. So you're better not to switch up your exercises if you are in the early days. But if you're like me and you're a seasoned athlete, five years down the line of, you know, five days a week training, then you can absolutely switch it up and experiment and, you know, have fun with your training, which is exactly what I'm doing now. And just as a little FYI to throw it in in the end, I love training from home so much that we are actually building and it's going to be ready on Friday we turned our whole garage or garage, as you call it in America, um, into a gym. I have spent, I don't even want to tell you what I've spent. I think I have spent uh, 25, 50, uh, yeah, probably the, I think about 50,000 pounds building a gym. And that includes the equipment, the garage conversion, the heating, the light, the flooring, the mirrors, the everything. So I spent, that's about $75,000. So I have spent $75,000 building a gym at home because time is of the essence to me and I can actually use it for filming as well in the business. So we loved training from home so much that we have put in a full home gym and I'm actually going to speak to Mr. Mark Getty and see will he come over to my gym once a week and train me. And I put in a Smith machine for squatting. Um, I'm going to see will he come over and train me at home. And, um, I think he might because I think he misses me not seeing me in the gym all the time. But anyway, if that happens, I will definitely keep you informed and that will definitely be a video either on Instagram or on YouTube and I'll tell you guys where to go to watch that because it should be fun. And of course, if you want to see my home gym that I'm building, go and follow me on Instagram if you don't already. It's at The Sculpted Vegan. I've been doing loads of updates and the guys are coming on Friday to fit all the equipment and I cannot believe that from next week I'm actually going to have a fully equipped home gym to train in. I am so incredibly excited. It really is going to be epic. So... There you are. <laughs> That's this week's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I, I enjoyed having a wee chat too. I'm sorry it took me so long to get here. Next week, we are going to do a q and I'm going to put out a... Um, what am I going to put out? I'm going to put out some questions on Instagram. I'm going to say, you know, questions for the podcast. Tell me what you want to know. And I'm going to do a live Q&A here. So if you want to uh, submit your question for the podcast, I will also call out your name, which will be very exciting to hear your name on the podcast. And uh, I, if you, I'm going to put up a Q&A next week. Watch out for my stories on Instagram uh, at The Sculpted Vegan. And I'm going to Ask for, ask for questions and I'm going to do a Q&A here on the podcast to answer all of your burning questions and it'll literally be an open forum Q&A. Ask me anything about training, about business, about life, about kids, about homeschooling, about my vagina. I'm only joking. <laughs> You're like, about what, Kim? About, I meant turning on the transverse abdominus by sucking a smoothie through a straw using your vagina. Oh my God, that was like, everyone loves that analogy, but it really, really, really is good. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, um, I can't remember what number it is. I will link to it in the show notes if whoever is transcribing this podcast will do that for me. I think it's something about, um, I think it's called how to squat without, how to eliminate back pain through squatting. So, uh, and it's in there and it really is actually one of the funniest podcasts ever. People have written to me saying that they actually have snorted and almost fallen off the treadmill listening to it. Not even kidding. Because, um, 
yeah, because it is quite funny. The stories in it are really quite hilarious. So definitely go listen to that if you haven't already. Apart from that, uh, don't forget to leave me a review if you want to win a uh, if you want to win a sculpted vegan program. Just leave the review wherever you listen to the podcast. Send me a screenshot on Instagram. You could be our next winner. We're going to be pulling May's winner in a couple of weeks and announcing it in June. And apart from that, all that's left for me to say is adieu to you and you and you. And well done for all you guys who got the uh, Sound of Music analogy. You all wrote it in the in the, uh, in the the reviews and I loved reading them. It was really quite cute. So uh, have a wonderful rest of the week wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for listening. I love talking to you all so, so, so much. Um, I love you all so much. Uh, your comments and your suggestions and your um, reviews just keep me going every day just love reading them so thanks again for all of your time and all of your attention and just being so absolutely fabulous in every single way i will talk to you all next week for another episode of the kim constable podcast big kiss from me to you bye for now and i'll speak to you then bye